Respectfully Disagree Podcast. Got another one in the books, man. Got Dante in the building with us today. What's going on, man? Not too much, man. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. I had no idea until you told me <laughs> how this, it's been a damn year, yeah, dude. A year like and a, half, a year and a half almost? That's insane, man. Right. That's definitely insane. So, first of all, I appreciate you pulling up today. Appreciate your time. Um, We are going to extend a conversation that we was about to have on social <laughs> media the other day when I made a post. And when I saw your comment, I immediately was like, nah, pull up. Well, you, you know, on social media, I only got about one, maybe two comments in me anyway. So it wasn't going to go that far with me. And it's like, but that's the part that I hate the most because it's like, I'll post things about sports and stuff like that. And it will generate conversation for yeah. hours. Yeah. But then when I try to have that conversation, whether it's on the mic or on my YouTube page and the stuff, and it's like, it doesn't carry over. And that's the part that I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get people to carry that conversation over so that everybody can see it and not just people that I'm friends with. Yeah. So that's why I told you, I was well, like, go ahead, go ahead. But to to, the, to that point, I think that's why what you did was the right thing to do because you said pull up. And I was like, all right, cool. Just let me know when. Because like I said, for me, you only going to get one, maybe two comments anyway. <laughs> so, uh I think social media is just more easily accessible to people. So it's like, all right, yeah. I'm going to just keep talking about it right here instead of right. for what you're trying to build, what you're doing. Right. People don't quite understand if we do it all here, then there's no reason for somebody else to come and listen to my podcast or go to my YouTube because they already got the conversation. Exactly. So, And the hardest part about that is like not everybody has the capacity to go to YouTube. I understand that's a... That's a hard ask because most people strictly stream and listen, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, things like that, where they don't have the ability to just play a video and watch yeah. it or whatever. Yep. Luckily for me, I work from, from home, so oftentimes I'll put it on the TV even though I'm just listening to it. I'm not necessarily yeah. watching the video, but I'm listening to it. Yeah. And, um I wanted to have this conversation because we've we've kind of touched on it before. Yeah. Same uh, atmosphere, social media, personal conversation, text. Mm -hmm. And this time, now we have some more evidence to discuss or debate in terms of originally when yeah. the NIL was first mentioned and things like that, I took the stance of, kind of being against it uh, yeah, because I, I felt like it was going to mess up the integrity of the sport. The sport becomes watered down and everything becomes solely based on money. You got people playing a game, not necessarily because they love it, but because they know what can come of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know at the time I disagreed with you. Well, I disagreed with you, but not 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think, I don't know if I'll say the integrity of the game would be compromised by NIL. Like, I get what you're saying, but NIL really just made it legal what was already being done. That part I do agree with. So, now, the problem, the problem with NIL is... 
it's really the wild, wild west because nobody really knows how to regulate or govern it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, and I think to the point that you were making is kids come in already with, with uh, they come in with NIL deals uh, that's not, that they probably may not deserve necessarily. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I, Am I looking at that the way? Is that kind of what you were saying? In a sense, but it's like now you incorporate the transfer portal, and that adds a whole nother element to it. So it's like okay, going back to what we were saying. So let's so not to cut you off, but let's start. So let's start with that. So the reason why this conversation even came up for people who didn't see. The social media post or anything like that. Yeah, I so, got to pull it up here. Yeah, Go ahead. So the reason why the conversation came up, you posted a quote from Gino Orlando, Gino, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and re- just read the quote. Yeah, I got to pull it. That's why I was like, I was waiting, and we was going to get it started. But it's like, my post, I said, American sports are so backwards right now. And this is the quote. It says, how do you coach in an environment where the players feel like they owe you nothing and you owe them everything. So when I read that, and I formed my opinion, that's when I was like, I agree with what he's saying because of certain kids that have a sense of entitlement. And yes, that's opinionated, but I can only go by how they carry themselves in the public, in the public eye. So now you have, and we'll we'll dive deeper into that. Yeah, but it's like money changes people. Whether uh, hopefully we both can agree there, whether it's I, for the good or for the bad, money I, changes people. That's a that's a conversation that I've had for a long time, and I do disagree. Ooh, money, yeah, money does not change people. It's always money, been there. Money allows you to be who you are at your core. Okay, it's just that when you don't have money. You can't be that because nobody's going to respect you. Nobody. But once you have money, it's like, no, nah, I can be whatever. I, I can be exactly who I am because now I have money. So what are y'all going to tell me? Because I have money. Now you need me. Okay. So money allows people to be exactly who they are. You like, I, there are very few instances where a person is broke and they're not an asshole. And then they get money and become one. No, you always wanted to be an asshole. You just had to be humble because you needed somebody to give you an opportunity to make some money. That's that's a that's a fair vantage point. And my I'm not gonna disagree with that because that's that's actual. But I'm I'm looking at it in terms of like in the in the same light. I don't have much. Mm-hmm. So I can only Make with what I have. Yeah. But then when you give me an abundance of something, now I can go out here and buy all the things that I've dreamed of. And when you start introducing a sense of I can't be touched, now it comes with a mindset of I can do whatever I want to. So And nobody can challenge that or push back because yeah. well, I have the money to do so. That that may, I, I get what you're saying. I think the problem with with looking at it that way is with NIL with NIL money 
that's only gonna be there for four or five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of limited in what you're gonna get, and if you lose that hunger for what you're doing, because yeah, NIL's cool. It's good to get you through college, um, but still, at the end of the day, you're still playing to become a pro. And that's where you're going to get your real money. Um, but so, yeah, you could say, all right, well, cool. I might make a million dollars off an NIL deal. Yeah, but in four years, that's going to be gone. But honestly, and this is where when we used to have this conversation before, I feel like some people are not even trying to think that far ahead. Yeah. So, to your point, so... I think here why I disagree with with your NIL well a part of your NIL take is because it's kind of a blanket statement but it really only applies to a few people. Right. Because the NIL deals that everybody know know about and are thinking about only a few kids get those. Exactly. So everybody else is really getting money to help them get by. That's fair. And shout out and to Mr. Milton. I used to work with Mr. Milton. He uh kind of gave me that perspective on this same post that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, there are going to be kids who get a, a big deal or whatever it is, and it's like, yeah, they complacent. They're not hungry no more. But how is that any different from an NBA player? We've seen that plenty of times, right? Where he got his he got his he got his money, mm-hmm. and now it's that's the worst contract in the league. Yeah. So of course that's gonna be that's gonna happen. Uh, that's gonna happen with with anything, but it ties into my thought process in terms of in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. If you give somebody the reward up front, there's no incentive to push to earn anything because I already gave it to you. But and that's kind of how I'm looking at what Gino was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. And we'll dive into that yeah. because the conversation that I was wanting to have so, originally wasn't necessarily about the NIL part. It was about it was the the idea that and I'm going to read your message. Yeah. You so, said hold well, on hold, real quick. Hold, hold on real quick. Okay. Because are they getting the reward up front? Or is it we're rewarding what you've already done and the potential of what you could do the same way as Nike gave LeBron a deal when he was 18 years old going into the NBA. Before he played the NBA game, mm-hmm. they said, we're going to give you this money because we because of what you've done in high school and what you could be in the NBA. So – for me, I look at some of these NIL deals the same exact way of, okay, there's a reason why we want to give you some money to go play it when you're about to go play at this school because we know what you did in high school and we know what you could do at UK or at Texas or wherever. So it's kind of the same thing in that regard to me. But go ahead because I think we, 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 we're talking about the same thing but kind of different aspects of it. Right. So, um, so in yeah, terms of in terms of your your last point, I agree to an extent 
because I feel like at the end of the day, it's still a business. Yeah. And the NBA is a help me help you type thing. Mm-hmm. So in terms of LeBron, it's like everybody in the world that had a company was trying everything in their power to land him, whether yeah. it's Adidas, Nike, Reebok, because they saw the potential. You saw the the sensation in terms of people gravitating towards this phenom. So yeah. if I'm a business, I'm trying to land them so that they can bring me even more money. Yeah. So now you fast forward and I look at it in terms of the NIL the same exact way because mm-hmm. somebody else I think said was like, no, they're, they're paying them for what they done in high school. And I'm like, can you really base it on that? Or are you simply going off? Guess what? We're in the internet age. This kid has a lot of uh, highlight plays on the internet. People are gravitating towards it. Think about your Zions, your, your Mikey Williams, but the NILs is based on how much money me endorsing this kid is going to bring me. Yeah. So, but but that's the but that's the same. Your the LeBron analogy. It's the same thing because, but and Bron, it's the same thing. But Bron's a horrible example because, <laughs> and the reason why is because he's a generational talent, mm-hmm. and that might even be putting it lightly. Like this is. A, He's Brian's not even a generational talent. He's a once in a lifetime talent. I agree. Because generational, we'll you'll see a few generations in your life. We only gonna see one LeBron in our lifetime. But that's the catch. So everybody's trying to find who the next phenom is. You're willing to take the risk and unload. Guess what? If I give a kid a million dollars now. That ain't a big risk to a major company. Mm-hmm. Whereas me endorsing this kid by the end of their freshman year, I may have gained ten million. Yeah. So I profited nine. Yeah. So it's like everybody's looking for the next person, but it comes with a cost because guess what? If this kid doesn't pan out to be who we thought they were gonna be, okay, he got the million dollars. But like you just said a few minutes ago, if I don't think down the road within five years, if I go from a potential uh, first-round pick to a late second-round pick to now I'm not even earning a rookie contract to five years later I'm out the league, maybe have to go overseas, what was it all for? And I'm saying to you, hold on. Okay. How much better would a kid be if you didn't give him the money up front and push the the notion that I got to earn it as I get better, you gave it to me up front. So there's no incentive to get better. That's, that's been my perspective all along. It, it takes away the drive. Only those that really love the sport is going to continue to push because of the passion for the sport. If you give me the money up front, I don't have no reason to continue to work. You gave it to me up front. But so I I completely understand what you're saying. But the exact scenario that you just mentioned, we saw that happen before NIL deals. We saw 
the number two player in the country, uh, can't miss lottery pick, go to college, play a year, maybe two, and then where's he at? Who knows? He go, he go, he go exactly. So even without the money, that's still going to happen. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was happening before anybody was getting money. Like, Samardo Samuels from UofL. Mm-hmm. He was the number two. At one point, he was the number one player in high school. Then I think he, in his last rank, he ended up being, like, the number two player in the country. He played what? How many years did he play at Louisville? I have no idea. Two, I think. I think it was two. Y'all let me in the comments. Don't kill me if I'm wrong. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I might be a, it might have been three. I don't know. But what he got drafted in, like, the second round by the Cavs. I don't know if he made it through one through the whole season. And then I don't know where he is. Yugoslavia, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so that's still gonna happen even without giving him the money. But like you said, if if I give this kid a million dollars to some of these corporations, all right, I'm I'm down a million dollars. Like That's that's right, the cool. investment. Exact right. It takes money to make money. So my whole thing with the NIL, why I don't have a problem with it is the NCAA is a billion-dollar corporation. Facts. That was making a, making all of that money without paying the labor. Mm-hmm. Kids eating ramen noodles every night. And that's, it ain't all of them. It ain't every sport. Like, but you all, you, people have to understand that you, you, we looking at it as basketball and football. Like, those are the ones where, what about those baseball players? Like, Across the board. You know what I'm saying? So, kids, they were being broke college kids, too, even though they were playing sports. So, now that some of that money, because there's still a lot of money that ain't going to the players. Right. So, now that they're getting some of a piece of the pie, people have a problem with it. And that's perfect that you said that because we – I'm I'm gonna go back to what you said because my perspective on the Gino quote wasn't necessarily about the money. Yeah. It was it was about the coaching aspect of it. Yeah. And when I looked at the conversation that everybody was having, and it's like these quote unquote old coaches need to either learn to adapt or get out of the way. And I'm saying to you Well, I think that's true. But because it's true doesn't mean it's right. So I don't. So I know you can you can read my response. I will. So no, so yeah, what yeah, I'm saying yeah. to you is it's like you know what I'll read it first. Yeah. The original response was when there is some attempt to balance the power and give players some of what they deserve. Now it's problematic. Many of these old coaches can't adapt and don't want to accept the power shift. So when I read that, mm-hmm. that is a fair take. Mm-hmm. It is a fair assessment. I wanted to have the conversation with you in public yeah. so that we can, in public, in person, yeah, so yeah. that we can expand and dive into what it was that I wanted to say without getting yeah. lost in yeah. social media. So, so my response, I don't necessarily disagree with Gino or you. My response, and my response wasn't specifically about Gino. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, because I know what he's talking about as far as being 
kids still being coachable and all that. That still needs to happen. So I, so that's why I say I'm not specifically talking about Geno, but you and I both know there are coaches that feel like, oh, no, they shouldn't be getting any of this. It's like, yeah, they should be. Like, you shouldn't be the slave master. Right. And that's the part that I want to clear up. I, I'm, I'm not insinuating yeah. that no kid shouldn't be compensated for his or her right. work. I think on your, I think to me, from your perspective, it's what, what does this money do to the integrity of the game? Is it taking away the passion for the game from the kids? Is it taking away the drive? Are kids now entitled and feel like I know everything or I don't have to listen to you because I got a million dollars too. Exactly. So that's exactly how I'm looking at it. Like it's, it's messing up. The sport but itself is, but and my point is, there are so few kids that really fall into that boat that that's not because a lot of people feel like, oh, that's what's gonna happen. It's like, yeah, but there's not enough kids getting that type of money, but for that to become as big of a problem as people want to make it be. But that's why I want to make sure that I'm clear when I'm saying that my focus isn't on the money per se. Yeah, yeah. That's why I also mentioned the transfer portal. No. Collegiate sports has now become a business. You're running it like these are franchises, and every year I have to make this shift or this change to go out here and compete. So, so again, I understand what you're saying, but – who made this into a business? If you make a billion dollars off of something, the kids didn't do that. They didn't cause that to happen. Money is always the motive. Right. So, so how, so why, why is it a problem when now the money is being shared? And like you said, it's not just about the money because the transfer portal. Now that's a that's problematic. It's a whole I, animal. Like and I and I <clears throat> and all honest, like the transfer portal, the and even and even nil. I ain't sat down and done research, so I'm speaking of from a point of this is what I think, and this is what I think. This is you know, I'm speaking from this is my opinion, and this is what I think I know about it. Mm-hmm. And the rule, I think, with the transfer portal and NIL money, the it's you basically play, you have to play in the gray area because nobody really knows what's what's allowed, what ain't allowed, right? So yeah, to to that point, we probably agree that yeah, that something has to happen, or college sports are just going to continue to be chaos. And this is only the beginning. That's why when I saw Gino's quote, I see what people are saying about Saban. He's leaving because he knows he's not going to be able to keep up with the current trend. And he, he doesn't have the ability to control the market in terms of five-star kids. Now there is some truth to that. Well, it's true. And, there is some truth to that. And anybody who says it's not is a liar 
or they just don't know what they're talking about. Just being naive. Yeah. But my thing is, yeah, say all of that is true. He can't he he can't adapt to this. He can't. Why should he? You know how old Nick Saban is? You know how long he's been coaching? And then now at 70 years old or how old he is, like everything has changed from what I've known and what I've done for 40 years. Exactly. Which is what my like, perspective was. Like at this age, I shouldn't have to even like that's I shouldn't be dealing with this kind of stuff. Cause it's a whole nother animal. It's a yeah. whole nother layer to not only like this is gonna kill me. But what I'm saying is in in I don't want to blend basketball with football, but I'm looking at the two caliber coaches that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're talking about people that have devoted we'll just start it twenty plus years to a sport. Yeah. Nick Saban and Gino, whether people want to give them kudos or not, are responsible for changing a lot of families. Yeah. Prior to an NIL or anything else, like for sure. U- UConn is responsible for a lot of our most dominant female athletes in the sport of basketball. For sure. Nick Saban is responsible for a lot of men that went into the NFL and it changed their families' lives. For sure. So I'm saying to you and, that, and you can go further with that too, because if you look at the coaches who have retired recently, and they all kind of saw the writing on the wall of what's coming, like if we're talking about basketball, like you said, which Geno hasn't retired yet, but Coach K, Roy Williams, um, I'm forget. I feel like I'm forgetting another big name, um, but. The same thing, like, look how long they've done this. Look at how many lives they've changed. Look how many families they've impacted. Like, why would I stick around and have to change everything that I've done to this point to fit this that I don't really like the direction it's going in? Right. And I apologize ahead of time because I had some issues with my video over here, but we're having a great conversation, so the audio is more important than the visual. Um, but that's what I'm saying to you. I'm looking at it from the integrity of the sport angle. Mm-hmm. When you see some of the most legendary coaches that are speaking from experience, if I know for a fact that I have a way that I'm trying to run my program, it's been proven to be successful. I have the hardware. I have the accolades. I have the kids that went on and left from out from under me and continue to thrive as evidence and now you factor in the money aspect of it it's making my job even more difficult i'm in turn struggling quote unquote to the expectations of success gino ain't he ain't at the top of the market in terms of when's the last time they won a championship it's been a minute yeah it's been a while so it's like most people on the outside looking in is like, oh, they're only saying that because now they're losing. You've leveled the playing field in terms of now these kids can go anywhere they want to and still get the same recognition, still get the same type of money that they would have gotten had they gone to a UConn or a Alabama. So now that's their beef. These kids are choosing to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Hold on real quick. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is once you start introducing money, And again, my opinion is money changes people. It changes how people approach things. Now it makes the coaching element harder. Mm. Some people don't 
have the patience to deal with that. If I yeah. know that I've put in, think about a regular nine to five. Say we we have a union, mm-hmm. and we're working, busting our ass, and the union. Anytime something comes up, negotiations and things come up, the I know the union is going to go to bat for me. Mm-hmm. Now you take out the union, so now when changes are being made, either you're going to adapt to the changes or you're going to go find another place of employment. That's kind of how I view it. It's like everybody's just like, oh, well, if you can't adapt to the times, then retire. But you're talking about somebody that has shown that they're dedicated to this sport. Otherwise, they would have retired a long time ago. And that's why I'm looking at it. And then you correlate it to the NFL. People complain, oh, the NFL's soft now. The NBA ain't talent. All they do is shoot three-pointers. There ain't no this and that. And it's like, bro, like, I honestly feel like they all correlate. If you start from what? Go back to them UCLA, Arkansas, um, some of them early teams where you had three- and four-year players. You mm-hmm. developed as a college athlete before you went pro. So then you had this whole era of the one and done. One can – assess it in terms of was it a success or was it a failure that's up for debate because I feel like it can go either way if you think about Kentucky alone you look at your John Walls you look at just from the time period that Calipari came yes he's got a lot of kids into the NBA but when you measure their quote unquote career how many of them withstood a professional career. So is the goal just to get there and get the money or is the goal to play basketball as a profession? So that it's a loaded question. It, it, I ain't going to put it, you on no, the spot. No, 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 it, it is. It is. Um, so that the one and done thing, how do you look at that? Do you look at that as a college problem or NBA problem? Because the one and done, that's not a college rule. That's an NBA rule. So now colleges and players have to work within the parameters of the rule that was created by the NBA. But why did the NBA create it? Because you had a, because you a have multitude that, because of you kids. Have, because you have people that don't know how to evaluate talent and now you want to make the kids pay like nobody told you to draft a one uh a dude out of high school you didn't have to do it if you actually watch those games and be and were able to evaluate talent because there are some people in the league who can do that and don't miss but so once they did that now it's well all right, I'm going to stay one year because in two years, this team's not even going to want me anymore. Because they made it where, okay, yeah, you got to go to college for one year, but we really ain't big on drafting juniors and seniors. We prefer a freshman or sophomore because we looking at potential instead of what has this kid actually done? What have we seen him prove? And this goes back to when we were younger. And I don't mean to get off track, yeah. but it's just, 
You had your Kevin Garnett. Yeah. You had your Kobe. Yeah. You had your Jermaine O'Neal. Yep. You talk about maybe one or two per draft. Maybe. Then it catapulted to the point to where now you have four, five, six. Chandler, Eddie Curry. Once you saw that these high school kids were not panning out. Now, back to what you're saying. Nobody told you to draft them. That is that is very true. But guess what? Once you enter, you forfeited any possibility of going to college. The rule hadn't been changed yet. So if you put your name in a draft, college is off the table. So now the NBA is like, okay, we have a underwhelming talent in terms of these young people coming in. They're not panning out to do what they need to do. College is feeling like we're taking away some of the star kids that top schools are recruiting. Help me help you. Go play for one year. You know what? Should have did too. That's a mutual agreement. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like now we're getting to the point to where you almost have to say to minimum to help balance out NIL, transfer portal, NBA. It needs needs to – I think baseball and football figured out what makes sense. Football, you got to be three years removed from high school. Your body just ain't developed enough. Yeah, you can't do it. Baseball, on the other hand, is you can go right out of high school, but if you don't, is it you got to go to college for what? Is it three or is it two? I'm not sure. It's one of those. It's one of those two. But that makes sense. Like, all right, cool. If you're good enough to come out of high school and somebody will draft, cool. But if not, you got to stay in college for more than a year. So I think the NBA really should do something like that. Because, like you said, there has to be some type of development. Like, and then the NBA knows, all right, we're going to get some more NBA-ready players instead of, all right, well, he's he's 6'7", he got long arms. He could be this. But he's never actually shown you that he could <laughs> do what the things that you're saying he could do. Right. So – I, I think I think it's ruled like the NBA created the problem to to kind of help to save themselves from doing dumb stuff. Yeah. But then, like I said, sticking going back to what the original conversation was in terms of what Gino was saying, that's why I feel like they all it all goes hand in hand because if I'm trying to run a program mm-hmm. and develop hardworking young men and women. And all of our lives, we've always been told hard work reaps big rewards. Nobody's going to get anything in life by shortchanging and shortcuts. You're never going to win shortcutting or cheating the game. Yeah. That now, to me, no longer exists. I just have to look like I'm – Full of potential. I think, well, at, at some point, well, you're right to an extent. And I and I only disagree a little bit because at some point, the kid had to not cheat the game. Because if I just was never good, then these NIL opportunities would have never came to me. So you only have to be good to a certain point 
to get some money. Just like in the NBA, you got to be good enough to get drafted. What you do after, if if you get drafted and you're complacent now, all right, you're not going to get a second contract. But look at how early now we're reaching into yeah, that pot. No, no, no. The perfect I, example. Yeah, no. You're, I agree with you 100% on that. Like, if you look now, like Little League football around the city, they ranking seven-year-old. Like, what are we exactly. doing? Exactly. So, I think the whole system to what you're talking about is broken. Yeah. Because, like you said, we re- now we're rewarding kids so early and telling them, yeah, you're the number one player in the country and you're eight years old. Okay, what happens when I stop growing? Exactly. Now what? I just had so that yeah. conversation. I'm, I, I'm. So, yeah. No, I agree with you 100% about everything is coming too early, too fast now. I don't name drop on here because that's not yeah. fair. Yeah. I know for a fact there's a kid in middle school, internet sensation, highlight plays and everything else. I went and watched this kid play last year. I have went and watched this kid play this year. The kid has not grown one inch. The kid looks totally different playing against a year up crowd than he did last year. And it's like a lot of that hype and stuff done died down. And I'm saying to you, now you're giving the rewards before the work is fully completed. Yeah. Now that's where to me is a problem. No, that now that's where I agree. It's it's bad in terms of coaching. It's bad for the sport. Yeah. It's bad just life in general. And that's the part that I'm more focused on because now we've created something to where you're telling these kids, if I go to a Kentucky, I'm highly recruited out of high school, but then I get to D1 and I'm not able to adjust as quick as I thought. So now my minutes are reduced. Instead of me putting in the work, to elevate my game, I'm going to get mad and transfer somewhere else. That, to me, is you running away from the work. But because, guess what? Everybody else is transferring. It's cool now. Yeah, so I I don't disagree with that. I think I think there's two things that happen with the trans with transfers. I think one is exactly what you just said. I'm not really putting in the work because I thought I was just gonna come in and and get and get it. But that was somebody else who's like, nah, I'm about to outwork him. I'm gonna take this from him. Exactly. Um But then I also think there's the part of there are kids who, oh man, it's big name school, like they want me. But I probably would be better off if I go to a mid-major. But this is the sexier school. So I'm going to go here because this coach came to me and told me, yeah, here's how we're going to use you. Here's what we're going to do. And they told every other kid they were recruiting the same thing. But I don't know that. Mm -hmm. So now I get here and you know what? I actually can't get on the floor. So now I'm going to transfer somewhere else where I can actually play when that's where I should have went all along or my talent doesn't fit the style of play that this school has. Like I'm a, I'm a up and down player, but I go to a big 10 school where they grinding it out. And now I, it, 
I can't figure out how to really impact this team. But this mm-hmm. coach knew how I played and still told me, come on, come come play with us. And now I get here and everything's different. But but that's that's the beauty in coaching, in my opinion, because it's like I see the style of play. I have a vision of how I would want to try to incorporate this into my coaching philosophy. And both parties could be wrong. It's, it, and that's my point. That's fair. That's, but that's why I said there's two things that happen. with And so to your extent, the coach could have thought, okay, I could figure out, I'm, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So in those instances, I understand. It's like, coach, we tried. Like, I got to go. And sticking with Kentucky, we'll use Kentucky because you have examples of both. Mm-hmm. Cal has brought in kids. He's tried to develop them. He's tried to incorporate them. And it's like, okay, the goal was hopefully you can make a name for yourself, get in the draft. But if you didn't do that, I got a whole other group of kids that's coming in that I'm getting ready to try to develop. Now, either you figure out how you're going to fit in with these new kids or you got to figure yeah. out what school fits you yeah. best. Cal, and Cal has also brought in players where it was like, I mean, I'm going to bring you in, but this is my guy. And then it turns out the dude who he was like, yeah, I'm just going to bring you in, outworked his guy. And now it's like, I got to I gotta play him now. Right. And now he's an MVP candidate in the NBA. There you go. So, like you said, the work means everything. And that's the part that I was looking at when I made that post. Yeah. I'm looking at Gino's quote, and I'm saying to myself, he says, you have a group of kids that feel like you owe them. Yeah. And that's the part where I'm saying that now – you look at the change in behavior. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to, to isolate and call this kid out. Yeah, and, and to your point, though, that's why I said there's nuance in that conversation, in the conversation, because in having this conversation now in person, I, I step back from what I'm saying because your original point wasn't just about balancing out the profits that's being made. Right. It's it's the attitudes, the all of that. And I don't disagree with that part. That's why I said American sports are backwards. Yeah. Everything is backwards now from my perspective because I'm saying that now if there's a coach that's trying to push you to pull all of your potential out, he's too hard on him. He's asking for too much. I don't want to be here no more because the coach yeah. is asking me to work. That, def- that definitely has. I'm out. But what are we teaching? But has that I I don't think that's something new. I think it's now we just have we have too much ac- access to stuff now. Like that's we, fair too. We really have it's an information overload. It's really a problem because now we know way more of the stuff than we should know. So you could probably go back to the early, like when we were in college and find cat guys that played sports and was like, yeah, that coach, man, he was too hard. I feel like he was too hard on me. So I left. Like there's those stories are not new. It's not just now we have more access to know about them. And people are so willing to let stuff that should have stayed in house, let that stay. But based and on how the like, rules were yeah. at that time, 
it wasn't, it wasn't normal for kids to just up and leave. It wasn't. It as was a easy. process. It wasn't as easy to leave. Uh, you had to be willing to sit out bro, some time yeah, before. Exactly, exactly. So now it's like you know what? Nah, I ain't willing to yeah. do that. Where so, now I leave, I'm ready to play. So, t- but to that point, I and I I don't I, I I admittedly do not know understand what the transfer rules are anymore because what I thought it was is you can transfer one time and be immediately ineligible. I mean eligible. I, and see, that's, that's what, what they've been going to court about. That's what, that's what I thought. Because, and I had no problem with that because if I go to your school, because this coach told me, be, no, if I went to that school to play for a certain coach and my freshman year, he leaves and y'all bringing in somebody else, why can't I leave? Right. Or... My in the case like West Virginia, for example, if my coach leaves before I even play my first game, why do I have to stay? I feel like you should be able to leave. You know what I'm saying? In those instances, I signed to I have a certain no, individual. Yeah, I have no problem with it. But like you said, overall, it's like, all right, yeah, I got here. I wasn't working hard. I'm out. And then like you see guys now where I'm like, damn, I thought he played for such and such school. Like, damn, he's on his third or fourth school now. Yeah. It ain't sat out yet. It's crazy. How 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 does that work? Exactly. Like And then like you, I said, with like you got a sick parent now. With the injury rule with COVID. Jesus. Now you got kids that's in college dude. Eight plus years and it's like there's a <laughs> There yeah, is I, it's people that have literally quoted. It's more beneficial for me to stay in college than sure. to put my name in the draft because I know I'm going to be a late or undrafted. But, so why not stay here where yeah. I'm popular no, no, no. and I'm going to earn this money? Okay, it's so, it's no longer about the university at that point. So in in certain instances, if I know. If I stay in college, I'm going to make money versus if I leave, I don't know if I am or not. Like you said, it's a business now. It's a business decision. So why, why is that wrong? Because I feel like, again. Especially if I'm still contributing at a high level. You've changed the dynamic of what college is really supposed to be. And that's why I said to you, I'm not necessarily well, to you, but on the post, I was I like, think, so when do we change the rules to where now the top high school athletes can get money off their name, image, and likeness? Uh, they can. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like, well, so now he, you trinkle down well, to guess what? Middle well, school and there's yeah, a, yeah. the best no, no, third no. grader in the so state that, of Louisville, in the state of Kentucky. To, to that point, yes. But I think college athletics stopped being minor league a long time ago. Because college sports have generated billions of dollars for a long time. So, it ain't been... And, like I said, and I don't know if I said it earlier or if I have said it before, but the NIL and all of that stuff is really just allowing people to do what they were already doing under the table Mm -hmm. to an extent. So, this money been going around. It's just now it's legal and 
Right. We don't know. So, so the talent goes to the highest bidder. Yeah, exactly. And and that's which why is, I'm which, saying to you, and and we'll we'll wrap it up because we're just kind of getting all that. It's a great conversation. Yeah. I don't want to rush you or whatever, but nah, I'm saying cool. like we're not too far off from our way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said it ain't. There's so many different parts and pieces to this. So, no, we don't. We ain't completely on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. I think there's just little parts where we looking at it a little bit different. Um, right. I just I just hate. But as far as the. I, and I over like I said, overall, I think you know, the integrity of the game and. Is your biggest issue. Yes. We on the same side of that. Because you you literally see it carrying yeah. over into professional sports now. Yeah. And I'm saying to you, and I get it, the game changes. Nothing is going to ever stay the same. The game is going to continue to grow. The style of play is going to continue to shift. I'm saying to yeah. you, it wasn't uncommon for just a regular basketball player. John, Just use John Stockton. Wasn't flashy, wasn't a, he played the game to the best of his ability and played his position the way it was designed to be played, and he was able to play 19 seasons, mm-hmm. 20 seasons. And I'm saying to you, you fast forward, and some of our most freakish athletes, high-flying, fast, court vision, might have played 10. And if they did anything beyond 10, now they're rotting at the end of a bench. And I'm saying to you, had the work ethic part been the focus instead of the money, because my perspective is hard work is going to always pay off in the end. Your hard work is going to continue to allow you to have an extended contract, a new contract. I don't want to use LeBron because we said that's a a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. Yeah. I'll use uh, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is a player, in my opinion, that he's not the big-name superstar player, but because of his work ethic, he's able to have a long career, and teams will continue to pay for his service. So is it is it work ethic? Y- yes, it is work ethic. But there's also a little bit of adaptability in that. Because look at DeRozan. DeRozan, when he was at USC, when he was in high school getting recruited, he didn't play the game that he plays now. He was a high flyer. So, mm-hmm. but for longevity, you can't play like that forever. Which is what I'm saying. So kids yeah, don't look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, right from a longevity. So give me what I want could, now. You could be working as hard as possible, the way you know how to play. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, what else? So it turns into all right. Let me make adjustments to my game now, so that now I'm adding a mid range jump shot. I'm adding a three ball. I'm making plays instead of everything is above the rim because my knees are gonna give out. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm playing ten instead of fifteen because I didn't add the things that I should have to my game. I didn't round my game out because you could work hard as hell at what you're good at. So going back to the original topic in terms of people telling 
the coaches that have a 20-plus year resume that they should force be forced out if they don't want to adapt. I'm saying to you, these are coaches that have the ability to instill into these kids how to achieve both. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with that, but you have to adapt to the parameters of what you got now. Like, you can still do those things, but you still got to adapt to what's going on now. So let me ask otherwise, you this. Because otherwise, yeah, you can you 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 have a proven track record, but if you're not adapting to the things that the kids what everybody else is doing now, mm-hmm. if so say, for example, Gino says, you know what, my school, we ain't even dealing with NIL stuff. But I know the game. I know that. It ain't going to work. Why the hell am I coming there? Right. So if you, so now you have to be able to help me with not only my development, but you got to help me change my family's life. Because I'm from the projects. So if this is available to me, then, all right, I'm going to take it. Because there's coaches now who are already doing that, who can help me with both. Which is why I'm saying to you, it's a gift and a curse. No, Yeah. But <laughs> the two examples that I want to bring up, and then we'll we'll leave it alone. I know one of them, I'm sure. We're going to – Nick Saban. Okay. Okay? I'm rooting for Coach Prime. I'm mm-hmm. on record. I'm on the podcast. I've said that I'm yeah. pulling for Coach Prime. Yeah. And I'm saying to you, his methods of recruiting, yes, he's a uh, uh, relatable to the players. He has a locker room environment that most teenagers dream of. Yeah. Come in, the music playing, everybody's energy high, this and that. But I'm saying to you that based off of this year alone, when you saw all the celebrities in the locker room, you see Shador with the watches. He's got the car. He's got all the things that a typical 18 or 19-year-old young man dreams of. Yeah. That is a recruiting tactic. For sure. Nick Saban will never be able to relate to that. For sure. You'll never see Nick Saban having a locker room, rap blasting, rappers in the locker room. So he's at a see, disadvantage. When you, when you see Nick in the uh, doing the electric slide in the living room, you know, so, <laughs> like he tried. He, tri- he tried. He tried. But like you said, he can't relate. But so to your point about Prime, I'm gonna add this too. So yeah, we saw all of that, and you can you can feel one way or another about that. Like and you don't have to agree with all. Like I can like okay, I like yeah relatability. He's doing this, this, and this, but he's also doing this, and I'm like ah, don't do that. But or I don't care for that. But then think about this too. As far as relatability goes, like, do you remember it was a early early in the season, man? They were playing. I forgot who it was, but I, and I think it was uh, Horn. He dropped the pass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Prime went out there on the field, hugged him, grabbed him, said whatever he said to him. Come down the next play or the next drive or whatever, made a big play. I think they. Cause it was one of those big games, man, that they won early. It wasn't TCU; it was uh, it was another one, but came down after that and made a play. So mm-hmm. it's like, and you don't see Nick Saban doing that. Like, no, nah. it's no. Nah, I'm gonna just get in your ass. But 
that's not all that don't work for everybody. So you got to be able to adjust because we've seen Dion get in the player's ass too. That's fair. So you got to be able to do both because every person doesn't respond. Nobody's motivated stuff. by the same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And a, and a great a, coach, a great forget a coach, a great leader has to understand that facts. Like, you got to know what makes every person tick. You you can't treat everybody the same, but you can treat everybody fair. Exactly. And I'm saying to you, in terms of recruiting, in terms of the transfer portal now, Nick Saban, that's why I said there was some truth to that. If he sees that now I can't go after these five-star kids without trying to bring all the bells and whistles Mm -hmm. to bring them in here, then I'm not willing to risk the integrity of my name just to try to land a kid. And he On the flip side, and he shouldn't think about the kid that came from Kentucky. Smoke. He went out there to Colorado, and then by the end of the year, he was pissed off, talking about this ain't what I signed up for. I, I blah 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 blah. I forgot he even went there. So that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm not going to say he was a top running back for Kentucky, yeah. but he was building but, a name. So, but that's the thing. Like, if he's like, this ain't what I signed. That and that that's a point that I want to make. Yeah, it's that's the cool thing now. Like, oh, we let's watch Coach Prime. Like they got such and such that that ain't for everybody. But that's the but that's the and thing. You gotta, but that's where some of that gotta go. You have to be self aware. No. Yeah, cool. He came and Coach Prime came calling from, and not even just him. But he's just an example. Not. When I say this, I'm not specifically talking about him. It's any coach who's doing anything. Like, you got to know, yeah, that's cool. Like, the spotlight's there. That ain't really for me. So I'm not going to make it be, try to make it be for me. Let me go somewhere who's doing the stuff that I actually want to be involved with, playing how I want to play, like, carrying themselves how I want to carry myself. So let me ask you this. This is off topic a little bit. All right. What's your son's favorite? Food or candy or de- or dessert? Breakfast. All day he just want to eat breakfast. Breakfast food. What's his favorite dessert? Uh, fruit snacks, gummy bears. Fruit snacks or gummy bears. So, if you have a plate with breakfast food on it, and I got a plate full of gummy bears, which one do you think your son is going to come to first? The gummy bears. The gummy bears, not realizing that the breakfast food is going to be more in nutritional value, getting your day started, things like that. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm looking at. So the kids are not gravitating towards what's in their best yeah. interest long term. Yeah. I want to go to the gummy bears because of so, the chains, because of the locker room, yeah. because of this and that. So. Okay, so, so if I'm Nick Saban, so no, bro, y'all got it. I, I'm I out. Get, I get what you're saying, but my argument with that is, if these are supposed to be young men, my son's three. He ain't supposed to know which one is better for him. Mm-hmm. These young men have to be held accountable too. 18, 19, 20, 21, to be able to say, you know what? That doesn't make sense for me. But think about what you said because, earlier. Because, and 
And now part of the, but now part of that goes to us as parents. There you go. To to help them learn and understand instead of just give them whatever you want. Just give them whatever you want. So that's what I'm saying to you because you said you're talking about kids that's coming from the projects, coming from not having much to where now when that opportunity is right there in front of us, you almost have to take it because I know that it's going to help get my family out of this current situation. I don't care what comes after this. And I'm saying to you, regardless of the NIL, regardless of Saban, Dion, they're still getting pimped in the end. Yeah. I'm giving you yeah. the carrot now, yeah. knowing that I'm going to have a whole garden of carrots in the end. And that's why yeah. I'm saying that, that that's it true. all needs to be evaluated. And well, somebody said um, on the post that the NIL should be broken down to where you sign this thing, you get some up front. Once you complete a year, you get the rest. Or if you maintain a certain GPA, and it's, like, it's got to be little stipulations that's going to make so, kids want to earn it. Yeah, I think the end, this is what, year two? Two. Two for NIL? Hell, I want to say three. Three, maybe. Two, three. Um, When was your boy at UK uh, got the Porsche deal? Tie Shooting tie. guard. Yep. Tie tie. That was, it's been uh, this, two, two years, years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So, I think it's something that we're going to see. Because, like I said, there's no real rules about it. Mm-hmm. So, over time, with it still being, it's still so new where it's like, we don't know how to handle this. Right. Over time. This conversation that we having now will probably be way different because they gonna figure out how to how this should work. Uh, but anytime something's new, it's like, all right, we just let's see, let's see what works, let's see what yeah. don't work. Um, so over time, we'll see it. They gonna adjust it, like all right, the transfer portal. We gonna see that get changed too, because like I said, right now this both of them, it's just the wild wild west. Yeah. And nine thousand kids last year. Yeah, into the transfer. That's yeah. So just they think go, about that, bro. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I would also like to see the numbers before nil and I'll, before because people been transferring for forever. Mm-hmm. But let me see it before the quote unquote transfer portal actually became a thing. Let me see what how the numbers compare to that. Here's a curveball, though. You know, you know it. No, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm saying to you. I feel like in the end it damages high school sports because you had a system in place where coaches had to go out and recruit their next class of freshmen Mm -hmm. where now I don't necessarily have to go the high school route unless you're in the top 50 ESPN top 100 maybe those are guaranteed D1s, mm-hmm. you know they're a lock. Yeah. But what about your kids that's trying to earn a spot on a college roster? That's almost impossible now because I can go get a transfer Real. kid that's already proven. So, yeah, I I I agree with you. But what it also does, and to this extent, it really helps the college game 
because what it does is it creates parity now because now with the transfer, instead of me going out and getting a freshman, I'm going to just take a transfer. So now that freshman, he gotta, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to play somewhere. Now he might get pushed to a mid-major. And now it's like, damn, that mid-major school is actually good because somebody had to go there. Yeah. But so that's how you see uh, um, overall again. Yeah, yeah. You're still pushing out. You're pushing out. A, you're getting a, rid of the the hard work pays off yeah. narrative. In my well, opinion, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, kind, kind, kind of because I'm still going to a D1 school, just not the biggest name D1 school that I thought I was going to. So I think people have to kind of look at that part, too, of. You know how talented you are to play at any D1 school? That is a fact. That is a fact. But because it's not one of the Blue Bloods or something like that, mm-hmm. now it's like, uh, well, I mean, he just went to Wichita State. He's just going to Butler. Like, no, these are legit schools. Like, it's okay to go there. Yeah. So. That's overall but, my. But, yeah, o- overall, I get what you like. My biggest gripe is I hate the fact that you no longer have the ability to watch a young man come into a university as a freshman, continue to grow, continue to develop the program, put them in a position where they can go out and compete, not necessarily to win a championship, but guess what? We made a six uh, sweet 16 mm-hmm. run. We made an elite eight run. Yeah. And – you saw that kid finally develop into a man, put his name in the draft, and continue on with a basketball career. Yeah. I think that's where women's basketball has it correct because well, we can still see it. Caitlin Clark would have been gone. Well, women. Caitlin Clark is a superstar. Women, Women's basketball, if, if we're going to be honest, is better than men's. I agree because wholeheartedly. Because, like you said, the development is much better. The fundamentals are not even close because they're not relying solely on athleticism like men are. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are athletic women. Like, don't don't get what I'm saying twisted. So, it's a better game. And like you said, there – but you also got to think, a part of it is – there's also the part of, I'm going to make more money staying in college than I would if I leave. Yeah. Because of the lack of money generated by the WNBA, so the salaries aren't as high. Like, yeah. And that that's a whole different conversation, too. Um, and the NIL part amplifies yeah. it by yeah. 100. Exactly. Because exactly. They held Angel Reese, Clark, I'm pretty sure they all have seven figures. Yeah. Easily. So, uh, so yeah. That that is, I mean, that would be the dream to actually get to see. But it was once in place. That's what I'm saying. That's if you really go back, people love. Yeah, people that really love well, basketball, no, bro. No, no. Iverson it played was, what two years at Georgetown. Yeah, it was in place, but think about that. Because the NBA back then, they wasn't drafting on potential. They were drafting on what can you actually? What do we know you can do? Mm-hmm. So a part of that is still the NBA's fault, like. They don't want to draft the dude that's 22 years old. Because it's like, oh, well, we don't. 
you ain't going to get no better. It's like, yeah, but I'm damn good at what I do right now, and I can contribute right away. And that's why the NBA is grasping at straws, in-season tournaments, yeah. Uh, yeah. play-in seeds, yeah. and everything so else. That's what I'm saying. Like, people want to say, oh, it's the cop. Yeah, it's college's problem, but they didn't create the problem. That's fair. That's fair. I, like I said, I just, when I saw the quote, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I was only looking at it in terms of the integrity of the sport, mm-hmm. the coaching aspect of it. And it's like you're you're telling legendary Hall of Fame coaches to move on when I feel like they have so much that they can give to the game as well as these young men and women, and you're telling them to take it and go home. When did we start doing it? Like wisdom I think was always a gift. It it is. But your approach also matters. But because of the money aspect of it, now we're we're questioning their approach. I honestly feel like they're above questioning. And I feel like that's why I shared it. Like they're above yeah. any type of criticism in terms of asking them to adjust. They're proven. My resume so, speaks for itself. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And that's why I said that's why I said I'm not specifically talking about you. Because first of all, Gino has proven I can adapt. Gino's been at UConn for as long as I can remember. <laughs> like I have no idea who UConn's women's coach was before Gino Ariema. Mm-hmm. So Gino has proven I can adapt to different times. So that's why I'm like, I'm not actually talking about him because he's a but there's other coaches where it's like, get out of the way. Because you, you're you running an outdated – you have an outdated approach, and now you just seem like the old curmudgeon. Yeah. So get out of the way. It's best for you to leave because nothing – and you ain't really winning like that anyway. Yeah. And shout out to Jared. He was on the post as well because he mentioned yeah. that uh, there were some rumors and things of – Saving, giving kids, you know, rewards yeah. and stuff, oh, yeah, yeah, and because they yeah. f up, it, now you them, take it yeah, back. Give me, give now, me them, give me them charger keys back. Now that aspect so, of it, I'm with y'all 100. Yeah. percent If if that's your way, that's what. Then and that's part of what I'm saying. Like that's your approach, the issue. Your approach doesn't work. Part of it does, but then there's parts of it where it's like, no, you got you got to let that part go. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that and adjust to, all right. Here's the rules now. Here's yeah. what's available now. Here's how you got to operate now. If you're like, no, I'm only going to operate this way. Yeah. It is time to go. It's all fair. Like I said, yeah. man, great, great conversation. I, I never did even get to touch on the best example that I can provide. And I, I no, wish that kid. No, you can touch on it. I wish that kid nothing but you can, you success. Can, you can touch on it. I'm about to. Okay. But based on the evidence that we have thus far, if you look at young little Mikey Williams and you looked at him becoming an internet sensation, he went from chilling at LeBron's crib, making videos in LeBron's house, to now you're on the internet, chains, gold grills, this and that. Your name is in allegations with guns and like 
you saw the change when the money came. You get a, a offer to go play for Penny Hardaway at the University of Memphis. They're still standing behind you through all this court case and everything else. And as soon as your name is cleared, I have no idea why he's deciding to leave or if the school told him that this year they're not going to incorporate him. He's got to wait another year. I don't know what the reason for him wanting to transfer is. Yeah. But I'm saying to you, it's like, bro. Yeah. I feel like if his motive was basketball, he never would have been in that position whether the money came or not. And you would see that kid on TV right now. We're sitting there watching these games. Yeah. That. Mikey's Mikey's a tough one because we only know about him and we only know we only know the stuff that we saw from social media. So we don't know what he was really into anyway with the guns and you know what I'm saying as far as that goes. But But he's the cameraman. Yeah, yeah. No. He's sure. putting it out there. For sure. For sure. So to that point. There's a responsibility that comes with this money and stuff that you're getting, which goes to your point of the younger we start to to crown these kids and give them the rewards up front without also giving them the guidance, the tools to actually deal with what comes with all of that, this is going to happen again. So we don't know what Mikey's transferring for. But it's hard to say these wounds are self-inflicted. But it goes back to the quote from Gino. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm trying I'm trying my best to tie it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm saying to you, it's like if Mikey Williams was the kid that we all see now, and this is all speculation, I have no idea. This is just my opinion. Do you think LeBron James would have him inside his house with his kids? No. So, but you fast forward, you give him the money. He's got the shoe deal. He's with Puma. I saw his interview on the pivot. That's been a year or so ago. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. And then you look at this kid now, tattoos, chains, carrying weapons, doing all this and that. So now you introduce him into the college aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Penny Hardaway or anybody. What can a coach tell this kid? You're not going to be able to yell at him and tell, go run these motherfucking suicides and quicker and this and that. I That's just my opinion. I feel like based on how he carries himself, that would make the coaching job hard as hell. But you know what? When I watched that interview on The Pivot, I didn't feel – I felt like you it, from everything – and you could tell somebody – has coached him like somebody hit media training mm-hmm. because he said the right things. He seemed like, nah, I'm coachable and all of that. And then he goes and do the other stuff. Right. So it's really hard. It's hard, man. Like you said, and I don't disagree because what happens now when he gets to campus and we don't know what happened if he ever even made it to Memphis' campus because he got in trouble before school right. started. He's at UCF now. He, yeah. he at their games yeah. and stuff. That's why I'm like, as a coach, bro, I put all my apples into trying to land Mikey Williams. He gets in trouble. We're still trying to stand behind him. 
And now that's a whole game plan that now Penny has to adjust to on the fly because of all of the outside stuff. Yeah. So going back to Saban, going back to Gene Road, there's no way that I'm willing to deal with this shit. You you adding a whole and, nother animal. No, no, no. And that's and that's my point. And that's what that was my point with though with some of these legendary guys. It's like, why should I have to? I ain't dealing with it, right? Yeah, like, all right, I need to move on. You're right, I do. Because oh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And that's the only thing I was yeah. I was looking at when I saw it. Like I said, no disrespect to Mikey Williams. I'm not trying to judge him or nothing. Yeah. It, Again, I can only go by what's being yeah. portrayed. I think so to to and to that point, like this is a conversation I've had. People in the time that we in now, you almost can't use a person's name as an example because it turns into a shot or a dig mm-hmm. at them when you're making a point and you're using that as a cake a case study for the point instead of it just being about this. Per- like I'm not specifically talking about this person, but here's what happened with this person right. to go along with what I'm telling you about the situation. As it correlates to yeah, the exactly. overall talking point of yeah, why it, I feel it turns like into something else, somebody that says the players feel like we owe them instead of them. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the kids are entitled to how I read it. Mm-hmm. The kids are entitled. They're not willing to come in because they have this, oh, I'm only coming here because of this. So yeah. I'm doing you a favor. And, and yeah, that, and I'm and there's definitely kids who feel that way. It's crazy. It, yeah, it is. It is. Great conversation, man. I, I have no idea what's going on with my camera, bro. This is back-to-back episodes where you see it going. Yeah. It's reading my voice and everything else, but it just stopped. For yeah. some odd reason. I don't know. But that's why I told you I, I didn't want to sacrifice the audio part of it because yeah. we was we was having a great conversation. Um They they don't they don't want to see me anyway, so it's all good. So we're gonna figure that part out in terms of the the camera stuff. But great conversation, man. That's why I wanted you to pull up, man. Yeah, like no. I said, it wasn't uh oftentimes when I'm on the internet, people Misunderstand me and turn. Oh, he over mad. He's typing yeah, this yeah. and that, and it's like, nah, oh, bro. Man, I, I've know I've known you long enough to know that's not the case. I was like, I rather like, put I this. I always look. He's. I'm like, he's probably laughing right now because the would, other person that got mad, man. But it's just one of them things where it's like, I I don't know, and maybe that's where I have the old school mentality of X's and O's and things like that because I tell these kids even at the elementary level. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care if we lose. Yeah. Just don't let another team outwork us. For sure. They're elementary kids, so right now yeah. they don't understand that. But that's, hopefully the older they but, get, it'll finally set in. Yeah, but that's why you, I think, first of all, I think you in it for the right reasons. Because, and I we've had this conversation off mic, off camera, whatever. Uh, you You know basketball. You care about the kids that you coach. You know X's and O's. And the stuff that you teach in those kids, like you said, they might not get it now, but one day it's going to click like, man, that's what Coach Adrian was telling us the whole time. Like, now I get why. I mean, because we were kids before too. Mm-hmm. And we had to look back and say, damn, I get it now. Yeah. So I applaud you for that because you really, I've seen you at practice. You teach. And that's the part and that's missing. It, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of coaches that don't do it, that can't do it, because they want 
they want the glory associated with coaching mm-hmm. and winning rather than actually doing it for the kids. Exactly. My job, in my opinion, is to prepare them for middle school. Yeah. And if they walk onto a middle school court and have no idea what's going on, then guess what? Yeah. I didn't do my job. But and and even further than that, you're preparing what as you're teaching them, those lessons go beyond basketball. Like yep. You teaching discipline, you teaching work ethic. Those things translate to every other aspect of life. So you're molding who they are as young men and women. Hopefully. Till yeah, they get in just, high school and these damn NILs yeah. come in and now <laughs> she and they got tattoos and everything else. Um and ain't nothing wrong with tattoos, so take that back. I didn't mean it in the way yeah, that was, it came off. I was about to walk out. I didn't mean it in the way that it came <laughs> off. Now I'm sounding real nah, old school. Nah, man. I know I know yeah. I know what you meant, man. I come up from uh, a team where we couldn't even have braids and shit. So yeah. <laughs> That's old school, old school. But I'm just saying in terms yeah, of we couldn't either. Oh wow. Yeah, and, and our team didn't look like Hoosiers like yours did. <laughs> but no, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't either, man. Like so oh, now man. when I go to when I go back to male games and stuff, like I'm like, this ain't this ain't the male. It's forget that this ain't your granddaddy's team. This ain't this right. ain't my team. But it goes back to what you was just saying. It I'm saying I'm trying to cover my tracks in terms of talking about yeah. tattoos. Yeah, yeah. No, but I at know the same token, it's like when basketball ends, that still carries over in life. Whether you're mm-hmm. trying to interview for a job and things yeah, like that, like sure. you have to be presentable. So I, that's why when yeah. I mentioned that, it's like, again, it was no disrespect yeah, or nothing yeah. like that. Nah, just, I, know, I know what you mean, man. The world is going to be there regardless of whether basketball is there or not. Right. So, anywho, man, uh, you came bearing gifts, dog. I hate that my camera messed up on me, but uh, <laughs> appreciate the hat, bro. Oh, nah, man, no uh, problem. Established. See the shirt over. I like the shirt. Oh, this whole thing. I like the shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Trying, trying to get back in the groove with it, man. Uh, I know we, I've talked about this before, man. Just trying to, trying to f- be inspired to actually do stuff. Uh, not even motivated. I, for me, establish is something that I like to do. So if I, mm-hmm. if I don't feel inspired and believe in the work, the the products or the pieces that I'm creating, then I'm just not gonna do it. So just trying to get back into that space, man. Um, got the Three, three, uh, year three, uh, three year anniversary, I guess, of uh, the website launching coming up in March. So I got a couple things I that uh, that may see the light of day. Uh, so we'll see. All yeah, right, man. Y'all uh, be sure to go check that out. Yeah, establish establishpremiumgoods dot com. Uh, at establish five hundred two on Twitter, Instagram, uh, establish premium goods on Facebook. Good stuff. And y'all know the routine, man. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And we out. Ass toasted. No competition. Anisha Coastal. I feel so high.